Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. We are in part four of six in our conversation on how people change. We hope you enjoy. It's slowing down. Going at God's speed. Yes. And like when we hear God's speed, like, you know, go God's speed. That must mean, man, if I'm going as fast as God, that must mean just like blistering fast. No. How fast did Jesus go? Do things. He didn't have a car. He didn't he probably didn't have a horse. He walked everywhere. I mean, when well, you're walking, you're slow. About him pausing to pray often. I mm-hmm. mean, he he was very attuned to what to what God wanted and and to the, what the Father wanted and and he he had a practice of silence and solitude. Mm-hmm. And and I think we need one too. And so this is what happens. And this is my caution for for you that it's in the refuge is oftentimes. We equate sobriety with full-on just health, right? So I come into the refuge. I'm no longer using. I, I start to get a clear head, and I'm ready for the world, right? And, and and I'm not saying I'm not saying that you're not. I'm just saying that oftentimes those that initial sobriety is based on on positive peer pressure. Um, you know, the refuge starts out extremely. Uh, structured mm-hmm. and it becomes less structured scheduled uh, structured you're doing everything together yeah so as you go on through the refuge it's less and less structured until ultimately you launch and then you're making all of your own decisions so a lot of times the health that you're experiencing it's based on the structure that mm-hmm. that's imposed upon you if we don't develop personal intentional processes on our own then when we launch we're not going to be prepared yep for the world Mm-hmm. We're not going to be prepared because, because you know, it, the structure's built in early on at the refuge. But I've got to have my own practice of reflection and 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 time with the Lord and time with others. I've got to be intentional about it because if not, then when I leave, I'm going to default back to those those old patterns like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. Because I mean, if I'm you know, if I'm in my 30s and I've been if I and I've given myself to 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 pretty habitual unwanted behaviors for a long time. If I've if I've been doing an unhealthy habitual behavior for 15 years and I've been in the refuge for 6 months. Man, I've got a lot. I mean, if I did a lot of crap to get into a mess, it's going to take me time to get out of it. Yeah. And it's the it's not like a um well, if you were in drug, if you were using drugs for 15 years, it's going to take 15 years to get back to where you want to be. That's not what it is. You can get where you want to be rather quickly, but you're going to have to be aware and then accept the fact and reality of that there's consequences from those 15 years of crazy. And I have to be intentional about addressing them, owning it, taking responsibility for those things. And it takes time to get through that. One of the great, great examples is we build an awful lot of trust in the refuge because we show and offer trust to a lot of people. And so we trust each other really well. And then guys who have gone on home visits, that first home visit, there sometimes feels like there isn't much trust given. It's because there hasn't been time for them to see you do trustworthy things. That's how you build trust is do trustworthy things. And we get to see Guys do trustworthy things again and again and again and again, mess up, repent, ask forgiveness, learn from it, and then continue to do trustworthy things. Your family has not seen that on your first home visit. They just remember the the guy who they saw six months ago who was stealing from them. 
So it takes time to build that trust back up. Right. Right. To build trust, you have to do trustworthy things. Yeah. Trust is earned. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, we, we, we build trust by doing trustworthy things. And one of the, one of the things that we have to build in that is we have to learn to trust ourselves as well. Yes. And we have to be honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked, we've talked about that already, but you know, we lie to ourselves often and, and we don't, we, we think we're in a better place than we are. We convince ourselves of, of we justify our behaviors. And so that's why the practice of silent solitude, contemplative prayer, and contemplative scripture reading are so important because we're trying to reorient our minds and our hearts to what is actually real. To what is true. To what is true. Mm-hmm. Because often we we're believing a lie. We're believing a lie about ourselves. We're believing a lie about God. We're believing some sort of lie, and that's how we end up in these places of unwanted behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Maybe we could speak a little bit about why. Why are we? We're saying unwanted behavior instead of addiction, right? Uh, and and there's been so much written about addiction, and a lot of times when people talk about the refuge, they're going to talk about addiction and they're going to talk about drugs. Um. Why, why, why don't we, we don't talk a lot about drugs right. at the refuge. We talk about the thing underneath drugs that drove us to drugs, that drove us to alcohol. Because we think starting at the right point to change, because if we are a organization that is focused on changing lives. So if that's like what we're here for, then we better understand like, where do we need to start? Because if the goal of change is to not use drugs, well, then we'll just, you know, put you guys in the middle of nowhere. And not allow you to do anything. Never go. Never leave. There. Solved. Is that solving a problem? It's not. It's just taking It's taking away agency or your ability to choose to do the right thing. Yeah. So let's talk about agency for mm-hmm. a little bit. I think so because, because all of this, we're under the assumption that you and I are under the assumption that we can change. Yes. You know, and that's why I think I'm apprehensive to use the word addiction. It's very common nowadays that people, when they refer to unwanted, unwanted behavior, substance use disorder, to talk about it like it's a disease. Mm-hmm. And I know that it might be controversial to some, but I'll, I'll flat out come out and say that, at least in my worldview, I do not believe that this is a disease. Right. Because when I think of when I think of a disease, I think of something like heinous, like cancer. You know, something that. You know, my grandmother, who I was very close to, died from cancer um, four, four, over four years ago. And when I think about cancer, cancer, I mean, we might be able to bring it upon ourselves in our diet and so on and so forth over time. But by and large, cancer is not something that we have any choice over. When you get cancer, it's almost always, at least as far as we know, it, you know, it, it's a disease. We can't. We can't help it. It's a physiological problem mm-hmm. that that is destructive to our bodies yep. and in our minds and so on and so forth that we can't really help. And I think that if we put unwanted behavior and addiction in that category, it does a lot of harm to people that I can't because, – because the belief that I don't think I would want others or myself to identify with is that that I do these things and I can't help it. That I have no power. Yes. Mm-hmm. I am totally comfortable 
with thinking about it in terms of substance use disorder, because I do think that when we when we misuse certain substances habitually, meaning we do it over and over and over again, it does disorder our minds. Yep. It can disorder our minds. Yep. The neurons in our heads form certain pathways that we naturally go towards this, this spot where I need to use because that's how I feel normal. That's how I feel safe. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, may, and for some, for some folks, you know, it, it, it can just distort, you know, distort your mind to the point that it might not be able to be repaired fully again. Mm-hmm. M- most folks can, can rewire their brain to get back to a place of health through behavior. And it takes time. And so to me, I'd rather look at this more in terms of, for most people to look at it more in terms of habit, mm-hmm. right? When I do healthy things, uh, consistently over time, I'm going to end up in a healthier place. When I do unhealthy things consistently over time, Mm -hmm. I'm going to end up in an unhealthy place. Right. And I think that in in regards to, to what we're talking about, addiction by and large is the habitual, a habituated behavior over a long period of time where I find myself in a pattern that is destructive to myself and others. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I think addiction is. Thanks for listening to this episode of the relational recovery podcast. We will start part five of six in our conversation on how people change tomorrow. We'll see you soon.